0: Now let's turn in our Bible tonight to Joshua chapter twenty. While you're turning to the place, you've often heard the expression that sometimes preachers open their mouth before they put their brain into gear. And I, some of you, are laughing. Well, that's the way I feel tonight. I would rather I was sitting down there and someone else was up here. Um, we appreciate you coming with many visitors in tonight. I'll mention that in a few moments. But I announced last week that I was going to attempt to preach. And I used the word attempt to preach on uh, lessons from the relief of the city of London, Derry. And of course I, I said that and I hadn't even started to think about her. Or prepare anything by way of material for the subject and I must confess I have found it very very difficult and of course we had a busy week but never mind that um, sometimes things fall into place very easily but this particular message hasn't but I trust that you'll bear with me and I trust that we might glean some help and if I make a few mistakes or say something wrong then I trust that you'll be able to correct me Afterwards And then uh, we'll be able at least To put the record straight Uh, Joshua chapter 20 We're going to read the chapter It's only nine verses Let's hear the word of the Lord The Lord also spake unto Joshua saying Speak to the children of Israel saying point out for you cities of refuge Whereof I spake unto you by the hand of Moses, that the slayer that killeth any person unawares and unwittingly may flee thither, and that they shall be your refuge from the avenger of blood. And when he that doth flee unto one of those cities shall stand at the entering of the gate of the city, and shall declare his cause in the ears of the elders of that city, They shall take him into the city unto them and give him a place that he may dwell among them. And if the avenger of the blood pursue after him, then they shall not deliver the slayer up into his hand, because he smote his neighbor unwittingly and hated him not before time. And he shall dwell in that city until he stand before the congregation for judgment and until the death of the high priest that shall be in those days. Then shall the slayer return and come unto his own city and unto his own house, unto the city from whence he fled. And they appointed Kadesh in Galilee and Mount Naphtali and Shechem and Mount Ephraim and Kerjath-Arabah, which is Hebron, in the mountain of Judah. And on the other side of Jordan by Jericho eastward they assigned Bezer in the wilderness upon the plain out of the tribe of Reuben and Ramoth and Gilead out of the tribe of Gad and Golan in Bashan out of the tribe of Manasseh. These were the cities appointed for all the children of Israel and for the stranger that sojourneth among them. That whosoever killeth any person at unawares might flee thither and not die by the hand of the avenger of blood until he stood before the congregation. Amen. We know the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures. Now, my text tonight is taken from Joshua chapter 2, 20 and verses 2 and 3. Speak to the children of Israel, saying, appoint, you, appoint out for you cities of refuge, whereof I spake unto you by the hand of Moses, that the slayer that killeth any person unawares and unwittingly may flee thither, and that they shall be your refuge from the avenger of blood. Now, that's my text tonight. And I want us to think especially, in light of this text, gospel lessons from the city of Londonderry. Now I'm going to dispense with any further introduction, and there's three things that I want to try and set before you tonight in the time allotted to us. The first thing I want you to understand is that Londonderry was a city of refuge. If you look very carefully here in this chapter, Joshua chapter 20, You will see in these nine verses that God himself appointed six cities of refuge for the children of Israel when they came into the land of Canaan. And these cities were in particular for any individual who accidentally, notice the word, and unintentionally killed another person. So suppose someone was chopping down a tree and the axe head came off and hit the person beside them who was chopping another tree and killed them. Then that individual had killed somebody accidentally. They could flee to one of these cities. And once at the gate of the city, the individual was allowed to plead their cause to the elders of the city. And then the elders, having listened out of compassion and mercy, could open the gate and allow the Individual Called the slayer of blood Access into the city Allow them a place to dwell among them And the slayer of blood of course Was to abide in that city Under the protection of the high priest All the days of his life And if you read your Bible very carefully, you will discover the names of the six cities. Look with me at the Bible, verse 7, Joshua 20, and they appointed Kadesh in Galilee in Mount Naphtali, and Shechem in Mount Ephraim, and kirjath Araba, which is Hebron, in the mountain of Judah. And on the other side, Jordan, by Jericho eastward, they assigned Bezer in the wilderness upon the plain out of the tribe of Reuben, and Ramoth and Gilead out of the tribe of Gad, and Golan, you've heard of the Golan Heights, and Golan and Bashan out of the tribe of Manasseh. These were the cities appointed for all the children of Israel, notice this, and for the stranger that sojourneth among them, that whosoever killeth any person at unawares might flee hither and not die by the hand of the avenger of blood, until he stood before the congregation. I want you to notice that in appointing six cities of refuge in the land of Canaan. Three were on the west bank and three were on the east bank. And all six cities were easily accessible. They were all known and signposted and they were all only about 30 miles apart from each one. Now I believe tonight that the city of Londonderry should also be known as a city of refuge. You see, in God's providence, in the year 1613 to 1619, the Honourable Irish Society built the walls of the city of Londonderry. Why? The answer is, if you do a Google search to protect the early planted Protestant settlers who arrived from England and Scotland into the province of Ulster. Did you know that this was the first planned wall city in the whole of Europe? Did you know that it was the first completed wall city in the whole of Europe? And did you know that this year, In September Marks the 400th anniversary Of the building And the completion of the ancient walls Of Londonderry I recommend that you go and visit The ancient walls of Londonderry The cost was £8,357 It had four original gates Bishop gate Butchergate, Shipquay Gate, and Ferry Quay Gate. Three more were later added Magazine Gate, Castlegate, and Newgate. And Londonderry is the official name of the city. I trust you're aware of that. Did you know that that name was granted by a royal charter by King James I himself? In the year 1613, when the city was founded. It's the legal name by which the city is known, and I believe, should be called. And every year, on the second Saturday of August, there is the annual Apprentice Boys Parade in London, Derrick. And this parade, of course, marks the relief of the city in 1689. This is an annual commemorative service that marks the end of that famous siege. That siege lasted 105 days. Did you also know that Londonderry is known as the Maiden City? So if somebody says to you, well, where are you going today? Well, I'm going to visit the Maiden City. You'll know straight away, well, the Maiden City is another name for Londonderry. Why is it called the Maiden City? Because its walls were never breached or broken. Now, this annual march of the Apprentice Boys on the second Saturday of August is not only commemorative in that we remember our past, but I believe it's also a celebration of God granting victory and deliverance to that ancient city. I believe tonight we should thank God for the original 13 apprentice boys in shutting the four gates of Londonderry. Think of the courage of these young men in defending the city. I believe that that should fill us with immense gratitude because tonight we owe a debt to their memory. Think of this. What if in 1689, Londonderry had fallen to the Jacobite army? What if its inhabitants of 30,000 had surrendered? I believe tonight if the city of Londonderry had fallen, then it meant that the kingdom of Ireland had fallen to James II. And Ireland is known in history as the back door to the English throne. And there's always been opposition in Ireland To the English throne James II then would have continued his persecution Of the Protestant people And the truth and the light of God No doubt would have been diminished And affected Now we're here tonight and we enjoy free, civil and religious liberty We have two services, morning and evening We have an open door. The lights are on. There's no soldiers outside to make us afraid. Where did this freedom come from? It didn't just drop out of the sky. See, remember, this freedom has come at a cost. Someone has rightly said that eternal vigilance is the price of true freedom. Let's remember as well, there's no freedom without true sacrifice. And we've got to learn to remember to trust God at all times. Trust God at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts before him. Why? Because God is a refuge for us. Did you know that between the years 1688 and 1689, some 30,000 souls were packed into the city? Now, the city of Londonderry is about one mile square. It was built originally to house about 300 people. Many refugees from different parts of Ulster, Lisburn, Armagh, Antrim, Down, they became fearful for their lives. And they fled to the city of Londonderry for refuge. Let me go back a bit in time to the year 1641. Does that date resonate with any individual in the congregation? You see, that's an important year in Irish history. I want you to think of the date, the 23rd of October. Because in that year, on that date, many Protestants also fled to Londonderry. Why? Because there was an inspired Irish rebellion against them. 23rd of October, 1641 is the feast day of St. Loyola, a a Jesuit priest. And on that day, under the direction of a man called Sir Phelim O'Neill, he put into action a plan to establish Roman Catholic rule in Ireland and, of course, the English throne. So, all over this province, individual Protestant people were butchered for no other crime than they said and claimed to be Protestant. Think of men. Think of women. Think of children. I'm not exaggerating tonight. Think of hands being cut off. Think of people being burnt alive. Think of people being beheaded. Think of people being drowned to death. Lock Gaul, 300 women and children were locked into the Presbyterian church there. And one by one, they were brought out and hanged. Some of them two or three times, for they were near dead. They were revived and then hung again. In Portadown, at the broken down bridge outside the town, 1,000 1, were drowned in the river Ban. In Armagh, 120 were shot with musket while they were standing in the water. In Fermanagh, now this is history, this is fact. In May 1642, there was hardly a Protestant family left in the whole of the county. Many Roman Catholic historians argue that only about 12,000 were murdered at that time. Notice I said murdered because they said killed. The truth is, if you look at the records properly, between 150 and 200,000 were murdered. And we're told today, let's forget the past. I believe we need to rediscover our past I believe that we need to learn from our past You see, the Bible calls upon us to remember Listen to these words Psalm 77 And I said, this is mine infirmity But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. Notice the word remember. Recall to mind the years of the right hand of the Most High. The works of the Lord. I'll remember thy wonders of old. You see, there's things that we need to remember. Let me just add another little bit of history before I apply the point in the gospel. In 1688, I think it was in around December, there was a letter discovered in Cumber, known as the Cumber letter. It was written to the Earl of Cumber, Mount Alexander, Whether it was fake or genuine, no one really knows. But in that letter, it was disclosed that there was to be another attempt to kill and murder Protestants, as many as possible. And the letter said, trust no Irishman. And I want to tell you that news of a general massacre had spread right across the province. you imagine the panic? And up in Londonderry, on the 6th of December, 1688, news of that letter had already filtered into the city. Refugees were beginning already to pour in. And then it was noise that a a regiment of red shanks with the Jacobite army were approaching the city. In fact, I'm told they were about five minutes away. They were just coming up to Ferry Quay Gate. And 13 young apprentice boys, they ran to the gate, drew their swords, shouted no surrender, raised the drawbridge, took the keys, and locked the gates. 13 apprentice boys. What age were they? I'm not sure. Were they under 20, 21, 22? They were just apprentice boys, young apprentices. The city fathers debated. Colonel Lundy, you have heard of him, he heard surrender. So did Bishop Hawkins. One of the young men, I believe, Alexander Irwin, said to Bishop Hawkins, your doctrines are very good, sir, but we can't hear you now. Think of the names of these young men. Henry Campsey. William Crookshanks, Robert Sherard, Daniel Sherard, Alexander Irwin, James Stewart, Robert Morrison, Alexander Cunningham, Samuel Hunt, James Spike, John Cunningham, William Cairns, Samuel Harvey. Could I just add this wee bit? The city of Londonderry was not ready to withstand a siege. Yes, it was a walled city, one mile square. And the walls, of course, were good and strong. But there was no ditches in front of the walls or the gates. Did you know that on the other side of the river, the River Foyle, you've got a place called Governor's Scale? Higher ground than even the walled city of Londonderry. Derry. The inhabitants there, they backed the forces of the Jacobite army. And they were able to rain, especially during the siege, many cannonballs down into the city. The city, of course, had very few provisions. They weren't prepared for a siege. Some of the inhabitants of the city were in league with the enemy and urged surrender. I've named two Colonel Lundy, Bishop Hawkins You see there was an enemy within Is the enemy within not greater than the enemy without? Could you just imagine the pressure From the city fathers The bishops, the colonels Saying to the 13 young apprentice boys We've got to open the gates and They were thinking if we open the gates Our throats are going to be cut our, our, We'll be butchered And the people inside See there was a large number Outside, a large army They were outnumbered three to one. The seeds lasted 105 days. I want you to remember this. And here's the thing to remember tonight. The people fled to the maiden city for refuge. They went to that wall city. Just as there was a city of refuge, six in total, in the land of Israel that a person could flee to for protection, so the city of Londonderry became a city of refuge. And in that I see a picture of Christ. The refuge was allocated. Joshua chapter 20, verses 2 and 3 that I've read, and verses 7 to 9 that I've read, Why do you and I need a refuge? Why did this slayer of blood need a refuge? Because this slayer of blood had killed someone even unintentionally. Even accidentally. The law had been broken. The avenger of blood demanded payment. You and I, of course, tonight remember our sinners. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. You and I have broken the law of God. When we examine ourselves by the Ten Commandments, when we ponder them, we realize that we're guilty of crimes of thought and word and deed. And... Because sin is the transgression of the law of God The law of God cries out for punishment And you and I deserve wrath and punishment Because of our sin In fact the Bible tells us To flee from the wrath to come And and where do we flee? Well well, you and I haven't got a literal city of refuge To flee to tonight We haven't got a walled city That we can go to and find protection in But do you know the refuge for sinners tonight? is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Doesn't the Bible say God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble? Doesn't the Bible tell us and Deuteronomy 31 The eternal God is thy refuge And underneath are the everlasting arms Here's the refuge that's allocated for sinners The refuge is Christ himself Christ is the true refuge Who can save us from sin It's, its penalty its, it's power, it's pleasure And one day from its presence Who can save us from an everlasting hell Who can save us from eternal punishment after death Well the only one is Christ Christ was born for sinners. He lived a sinless life for sinners. He died an atoning death for sinners. And if you think of Christ in the tree, think of the the thorns that adorned his brow. Think of the nails in his hands and his feet, the spear in his side. And remember that it's written, but this man, after he'd offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down in the right hand of God. And as you think tonight of this ancient city of Londonderry and refugees fleeing for protection within its walls, then I ask you tonight, have you fled to Christ? Do you find protection in him? Because he's the one that can save you from sin, from hell, from eternal death itself. I'll tell you something else about the refuge. It's not only allocated, but glory to God It's accessible. I've mentioned that there were six cities in the ancient land of Canaan, allocated by God. The names are given here, three in the West Bank, three in the East Bank. Think of the distance to these six cities. If we had a map, measured it, they would be equally spaced. Now, I've never set foot in Hebron, in the mountain of Judah, but this year, in our trip to Israel, this is one of the places that we'll be going to visit. And the ancient name of Hebron was Kerjath Araba. And Kerjath Araba is the city of the book. And then it was captured. And then the siege was lifted. And then it was called Hebron, which means fellowship. 30 miles to any of these cities in any direction in the whole of the land of Israel. And, and these cities were accessible to all who fled to these refuge. If they came to the gate, cried out to the elders, have accidentally killed a man or a woman, then the elders opened the gate and brought them in and gave them a place to live. And they abided under the protection of the high priest all the days of that high priest. And the slayer of blood who came after them, he couldn't enter the city and kill them. Because he would forfeit his own life if he did. Do you know that tonight Jesus Christ is accessible to all who come to him? D- doesn't he say repent ye and believe the gospel? Doesn't he say all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh I will in no wise cast out. The Bible tells us but as many as received him. To them give he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe in his name. You think of these refugees heading to Londonderry. They were fleeing from the threat of death, physical death. They were literally feared, terrified that their throats were going to be cut. They were thinking what happened in 1641 It's going to happen now again in 1688. They fled for their lives. Do you fear death? Do you know that your death's appointed? Isn't that what the Bible teaches? Do you fear the wrath to come? Do you fear meeting God in the judgment? You think of this slayer of blood. The avenger of blood was on his trail. And the avenger of blood for sinners is the law of God. And the law of God demands our punishment that we have broken. the sinner that's sentenced needs to be saved but he can be saved because there's a refuge that's accessible tonight and that refuge is Christ and he's available tonight he's accessible if you will call upon him whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved over there in the book of um, Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 6 the Apostle Paul says this in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 18. That be two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. We might have a strong consolation. Who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Have you fled for refuge because you fear death? Because you fear meeting God in the judgment? Because you fear the wrath to come? Because you fear hell? Christ is accessible tonight. Have you fled for refuge? Let me say one more thing The refuge is not only allocated The refuge is not only accessible tonight But the refuge was announced You look at your Bible Doesn't it say the names of the six cities And they appointed And the names are given I've read them out It says in verse 9 These were the cities appointed for all the children of Israel And for the stranger that sojourneth among them See, if the manslayer accidentally kills someone, where do I go to? Where do I flee to? He knew where the cities were. He knew their names. And better than that, he knew how to get there. Do you know why? Because they were signposted. And when I go to Israel, I'll see the signpost for Golan. And I go to the, 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 the land of Judah into the mountains, I see the sign for Hebron to this very day. You see, they were announced. The refuge was not hidden, there was no bar on the refuge being open, it wasn't closed up. The individuals in the land knew where they were and how to get there. Imagine fleeing to a place and not knowing where it is and not knowing how to get there. Imagine if the refuge was hidden. But you know, our refuge tonight for our souls is not hidden. It's been announced. And it's been announced when God first made the promise in Genesis 3.15. And it was announced to Joseph, by the angel Gabriel, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Do you know it was announced by John the Baptist? Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Do you know that tonight it was announced by the Apostle Paul? We were thinking this morning of Colossians 2 and verse 10. I would encourage you to listen to that sermon on the internet. But remember what he said later on in chapter 3 where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. Do you know what you need tonight? You need Christ. And isn't it sad in our day that many are no longer in the pulpits acting as a faithful and good signpost to Christ? I've never invited you to join the church. I haven't told you to come and get baptized. I haven't told you to go away and live a good life. I haven't given you a rule book or a bunch of regulations and say, well, live by that code and God will let you into heaven. Many pulpits tonight in Northern Ireland are not preaching Christ. They're, They're preaching liberalism. They're preaching modernism. They're preaching to suit the ecumenical movement. But they're not preaching Christ. And I want to tell you tonight, Christ is all you need. I'll give you this wee sum as we finish. And I'll have to close at this point. Christ plus nothing equals everything. So if you have Christ in your heart and life, you've received him by faith... And nothing else, no ceremonies of the church, no ritualism, no life of asceticism, no mysticism, then you have everything you need because you're accepted in the beloved. But Christ plus something, or Christ plus anything, equals nothing. And once you add to Christ, you've destroyed the gospel. And you see, that's the fault of many pulpits today. Christ is not being set forth. Christ has not been announced to the people that all you need is Christ. And if you're here tonight without Christ, then I'm saying to you, all you need is Christ. It's not the church that saves. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's not the preacher. I, 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 could, I can point you to Christ. But it's Christ that does the saving. Christ is the only saviour of sinners. It's not the preacher. It's not me telling you to live a good, righteous, upright life or, or, or live by the Ten Commandments or live by the Sermon of the Mount. It's not by me saying you've got to uh, uh, adhere to to this particular ceremony or, or, or this particular thing in relation to the church. Because it's not the church that saves. It's Christ. And someone has asked this question, which church saves? Can I tell you tonight which church saves? None. There's only one Savior of sinners. And his name is Jesus Christ. Christ is the allocated refuge. He's the refuge that's accessible tonight and available. He's set before you. You, You've heard it. And it's announced. The way is clear and plain. Have you come to Christ? Do you know Him tonight? Is He your Lord and Savior? Paul says, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. And I put it to you tonight, preaching Christ is the gospel. Londonderry was known as a city of refuge. And that city of refuge reminds me of Christ, who was also allocated, accessible, and announced. We'll leave it there tonight. Thank you for coming. I trust and pray that what I've said will be of help and benefit to you in the days to come.